Well, amen, church. Listen, I'm so glad to be with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you would open them up uh, to the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 121. Uh, we're going to look at the 121st Psalm. Now, we began this brand new series uh, last week called Ascend, or the Psalms of Ascent. And we kind of talked about what these this uh, group of songs were. There's 15 of them that the Israelites would sing as they made the journey back to Jerusalem for the major festivals. Of course, the Israelites often lived very far away from Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem was that city up on a hill. And so sometimes just because they lived in the lowland, sometimes it was very easy to feel like you were far away from God, that He was, he was way up there and you're way down here. And we kind of talked about how that resonates with us right now, right? During this pandemic that we, we can't gather together, we can't worship the way that we want to, and we miss being in the presence of one another and the presence of God. We said, like, this is the Bible's um, way that it addresses this, is these songs, these songs of ascent. And so last week, we talked about why we feel this distance from God. And we said there's really three reasons. And the first is because we live in a fallen world. Um, and, and we talked kind of about this pandemic, right? This this wasn't something that, that we did because of our individual actions, because of our individual sin. Just we live in a fallen world and, and, and things happen. And and sometimes the distance that we feel from God is has nothing to do with what we did. But another reason we feel distant from God is because of what we've done. It's because of our own actions. The Bible calls calls those actions that make us feel that distance from God, calls those sin. And, and the Bible says we all sin, fall short of the glory of God. So sometimes it's that. And of course, that first psalm of ascent, Psalm 120, addressed that third reason we feel distant from God. And sometimes that's because other people have done something to us. And uh, when, when we get hurt, we have a tendency to isolate. And when we isolate from others and from God, we feel that distance. And so uh, I, I pray last week spoke to your heart. I pray this week does as well. This week we get into Psalm 121 and we begin to learn that we need some help in this journey back. And so do this. Join me in a word of prayer right now. Let's ask our teacher and our guide, the Holy Spirit, to come in to meet us here and to minister to our hearts as we study the Word of God together. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your Word. And we know that it is alive, that it's active, that's sharper than a double-edged sword. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come now and you'd be our teacher and our guide, that you would lift up and exalt Jesus Christ in our midst, that we might see him more clearly than, than we ever have before, and we may want Him more than we ever have before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, if you have your Word of God with you, I'm in Psalm 121, starting in verse 1, and the Word of God says this, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day and the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. And uh, this psalm was called, uh, it was called a journey psalm or a journey song, which is interesting because really all these psalms of ascent are just that. And this morning what I want to do is I just want to share four things with you very quickly uh, that I think are important that we need to address in the text. And, and the first thing is this. I want you to understand this morning that we often feel distant from God because we try to do everything in our own strength. Let me say that again. We often feel distant from God because we try to do everything in our own strength. And, and, and so kind of the first stumbling block when we, we talk about our distance from God uh, that we, we, we sometimes feel is, is this truth that we have a tendency to try to do everything on our own. 
right? And so we get tired and we get weary, right? We get, we get agitated, we, we begin to withdraw, all, kind of all those things. And, and so uh, the psalmist begins, right, in verse 1, he says, I lift my eyes towards the mountain. Where does my help come from? And, and, and so because this psalm is about help, I just want to talk about the human nature for a second. And, and I want to begin with this truth that uh, we often don't ask for help. And in fact, sometimes we even feel like it's spiritual to not ask for help. Uh, maybe you've heard that saying, God helps those who help themselves, right? A lot of people think that's in the Bible, but, but it's not. It's not. In fact, uh, some people have uh, attributed it to Benjamin Franklin. It was actually written well before that. Check this out. Uh, there's this guy uh, named Algernon Sidney, all the way back in 1698, and he's the one who came up with that statement, God helps those who help themselves. And, and again, that, that's a statement of a man. Right? That, that's not the Bible. In fact, the Bible kind of flies in the face of, of that statement. And listen, I'm not telling you that you, you, God didn't give you um, wisdom, and He didn't give you physical strength, and He didn't give you gifts or any of those kind of things. He did that. But, but the thought that, that God helps those who help themselves, I want you to see how the gospel flies in the face of this. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Romans uh, chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says this. It says, For while we were still helpless, at, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. In the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus shows up on the scene. In Matthew chapter 7, check this out. This is what he says. He says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Uh, In other words, what Jesus is saying is, hey, you guys need to ask. Right? Like in life, it's going to be hard, and, and, and you're going to need to ask for help. And so over and over in the Gospels, Jesus says, hey, come to your Father. Pray to your Father. Ask to your Father. He's a good Father. And so he says, ask, and it'll be given. You've got to seek. You've got to knock. God wants to help you. Of course, the problem, though, guys, is, is this, that the Bible also declares that we have a tendency to not want to do that. Listen to what the book of James says. James writes in chapter 4, verse 2, you don't have because you don't ask. You don't have because you don't ask. And so guys, one of the first hurdles that we have to overcome when when we, we, we talk about help is this truth that in our human nature, we have a tendency to try to do things on our own. We have a tendency to not ask, to not knock, to knock seek. And, and so we have to start here with, we have a tendency to not seek help, but we need it. Okay. Second thing that I want you to see that I think the text calls us to. All right. Second observation this morning. Sometimes instead of turning to God, we settle for turning to something that he has created as an escape. Let me say that again. Sometimes instead of turning to God, we settle for turning to something that he has created as an an escape. Um, listen, let, let's start in the psalm, and, and I'm going to put verse 1 on the screen right now. Look at verse 1. Okay, it says, I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Where does my help come from? I've highlighted that word mountains for you. I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Where does my help 
come from. And, and, and listen, scholars are kind of divided on why the psalmist starts here. Why does he say, I lift my eyes to the mountains? And there's two thoughts. One, because Jerusalem was that city up on a hill. It was kind of up in the mountains. But the other was that a lot of times people um, worshipped uh, false things. We call those idols. And they placed them in the high places of the mountains. And, and, and so we're not exactly sure why the psalmist says, um, I, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where, where do I get my help? But, but here's what we know. We know that the Bible declares that God has made everything that we see and everything that we don't. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, it says that God's creation is enough to prove that God exists, right? But if you read on in Romans 1, it also says that man has a tendency, a tendency to exchange the Creator God and instead worship the things that God has created right? That we, we exchange the immortal, eternal God for the things that He's created. And, and, and guys, I, I think the way that we do this in, in today's time and age, I know we're not necessarily carving idols and putting them up in high places, but the way that we do it, uh, I, I call escapism right, is that we look to the good things that God has made, and instead of turning to God for help, we turn to the things that God has created as forms of escape, as forms of coping, as ways to deal with things. And so uh, think about a sunrise or a beautiful sunset. Now, it, it, it's probably a good thing. It may be a de-stressor to go sit on your porch and watch the sunrise or to watch the sunset. But listen, if that's where you stop, if all you stop is at the point that you allow nature, you allow the sunrise or the sunset to just de-stress you. But you then still, once that moment's over, you go back to trying to do it all on your own and by yourself. Then you have stopped short of what God intends. God never intended for us to stop at the sunrise or the sunset. He always wanted us to think, I wonder who, I wonder who makes the sunrise. I wonder who makes the sunset. See, God's intent and His beautiful creation was that we would turn and that we would worship Him as the Creator. And so I just want to say this to you this morning. I I just want to warn you, don't stop short, right? Let's not stop by just gazing to the mountains or being in the mountains or being out in nature, at the lake, you name it, right? That's not God's intent. God's intent is not that we would stop at those things that we turn to to de-stress us, but rather that we would still seek out Him and that we would look for help, which brings me to our third point. Here it is on the screen. Third thing I want you to see this morning is that God is able and He will help those who look to Him. Okay? God is able and He will help those who look to Him. And so if we're in the psalm, I'll put verse 2 here on the screen for you. It says this. It says, My help comes from the Lord. You notice I highlighted that word. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Okay, so I've highlighted two words there, the word the Lord and the word maker. Now the word Lord uh, is, is literally uh, the, the Hebrew word for the one true God. Right? The one true God. And, and, and then that word maker, uh, it, it literally means to form or to fashion. And, and, and so here's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, like, listen, I, I, I need help. I'm recognizing that I need help. And, and this is what they would sing as they're journeying back to Israel. They're journeying back. They've felt the distance. They want to be close to God again. So, God, I need, I need help. And where do I turn for help? Do I turn to nature? Do I turn to the high places? Do I turn to idols? No, God, I'm going to turn to you because you're the one true God and you've made everything. And, and that's huge. That's a declaration. That's saying, God, I know 
know that because you've made everything, because you've made me, because you've made the heavens and the earth and everything that I see, I know that you are able to help me in my times of need. And so we kind of got to understand this great truth, right, is, is we have a tendency um, to not seek out help. Right? We have a tendency to try to do everything on our own. That's, that's one of the reasons we feel so far away from God. And we also have a tendency, because we try to do everything on our own, we, we, we try to handle uh, stress by turning to things that God has created instead of to God Himself. But the psalmist would declare, don't do that. Man, don't do that. Turn to God, the one true God. And there's only one. It's not a bunch of idols. The one true God, He is the maker of heaven and earth. He formed and fashioned everything that you see, including you, and He is able to help. Which brings me to my fourth and final point. Ready? Here it is. I want you to understand that God keeps watch over His children. Right? God keeps watch over His children and protects them. All right, and so uh, once again, I'm going to put a verse on the screen for you. I just want to give you a second fill in those blanks, okay? And here's that verse I want you to see. Verse 3, Psalm 121.3, He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Your protector will not slumber. And that word is really, really interesting, that word protector, right? It appears six times. Six times that word appears in the next six verses. And it's the same word over and over and over. And it means to watch, to keep guard, right? Uh, to protect and to save. That's what it means. To watch, to keep guard, to protect and to save. And I don't know about you, but in my heart, it, 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 it immediately kind of brings the thought of a shepherd, right? Jesus shows up on the scene and, and this is what he says about himself in John chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the And what Jesus is saying is like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here, and the good shepherd is always keeping watch over you. I'm here to protect you and to save you. And he's even foreshadowing, I'm going to die for you. That's how much I love you. I'll lay down my life for you. And I want you to follow along in this psalm, starting in verse 3. Uh, the psalmist says, God's not going to allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. So let's look at all the ways that God is, is keeping watch over us and that he's providing and protecting for us. Ready? So he's not going to allow our foot to slip, okay? And, and, and he's not going to do that because he doesn't sleep. He doesn't need sleep, okay? Doesn't slumber or sleep. Um, he's going to protect us. He is our shelter, right? He's right by our side. He is with us. That's, that's the other thing. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us. That's verse 5. Verse 6, it says, The sun isn't going to strike us by day, nor the moon by night. Again, that, that God is just going to provide us from the calamities that come our way. And then we have this, this boast here in verse 7. What I want, I want to talk to you about, verse 7, uh, it, let's put it up on the screen. It says, the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. And then verse 8 will go on and say, He'll protect your coming and your going both now and forever. And so I just want to talk to you specifically about verse 7. What, what does that mean um, when the Bible says that God, that if, if we look to Him, that He is going to keep watch over us, that He's going to protect us, right? And, uh, and He's going to save us from all harm. Now, what does that mean? Now, let me ask you this. Can, can that mean that nothing will befall us? 
I, I mean, really? I, I want you to think about the, the people that originally sang these songs. They sang these songs as they made long journeys back to Israel. Why did they make long journeys back to Israel? Well, many of them had been displaced, right? They had been conquered at some point in life. That means bad things had happened to them. So if the original people that were singing these songs as they made a journey back to the heart of God, if they had experienced hardships, could this verse possibly mean that they would never experience hardship? And of course, the answer to that is absolutely not. Absolutely not. See, the key, again, is in verse 7. Let's look at this. Ready? It says, uh, He's going to protect you from all harm, and He will protect your life. That word life is really important because that word life actually means soul. It means soul. No matter what happens, God is going to protect your soul. And here's the promise of God to His children that would look to Him to save them. Ready? It's that no matter what befalls us in life, no matter what dangers will come, and there'll be dangers. Jesus came and said, listen, I I promise you as much. There's going to be dangers. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I've I've overcome the world, right? Um, The Bible would would, would boast, Paul would boast, like, hey, what, what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so, so, Listen, here's, here's the Bible. If I could kind of sum it up in, in one word, uh, here, here's the way I would sum up the entire story of the Bible. Ready? One word. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Right? God with us. That's what it means. And so in, in the beginning in Genesis, it says that God came down and he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool. That was God's plan is to be with us, right? But because of our sin, God, we, we couldn't be in His presence anymore, and so we were cast out. And so then God promises, He says, I'm going to send you a Savior, right? A son, and, and He's going he's to trample the head of the serpent, and, and His name's going to be Jesus. So He's also going to be called Emmanuel. It means God with us, and so God comes down to be with us again. And He lives the life that we couldn't, and He dies in our place so that God will accept His perfect life and His death to pay the penalty for our sin. And God does all of that Ready? Why? So God can be with us, right? So that, that when we die, that He can be with us. And so, so you say, well, what does that mean that no harm will befall us? God's going to protect us and we'll experience no harm. I, I believe wholeheartedly, it, believes, it means the same thing that our kids are studying in 1 Peter chapter 3 this week, right? They were talking about suffering. Now, what, what does that mean, right? How can God love us and we still have to suffer? Here's what it means. It means that no matter what the enemy does, even if it's his worst, and by the way, the enemy's worst weapon, uh, according to the Bible, is death. But listen, not even that can separate us from the love of God. Paul will actually boast, where, O death, is your sting, right? It's been swallowed up in victory. And so what it means is that the things that matter most can never be taken away from us. And what the psalmist is declaring is, listen, I have a helper. I have a helper. I need to cry out to him. And my helper is the one true God. And the one true God has made everything that means he is able. And one of the things he is able to do is to keep watch over me and to stay with me no matter what life throws my way. And listen to this. He is able to bring me through. He is a, My foot won't slip. I'll never perish. I'll always be his. Okay? Isn't that good news, friends? Isn't that good news? So what do we do as we continue this journey back to God? As we, we continue um, to, to close the distance, how do we go about that? Four things, and I'll be done. Here they are. Number one. Number one, we stop trying to just help ourselves. We stop trying to just help ourselves. Okay? That's not in the Bible. 
It's not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. And, and listen, I'm not telling you just to lay there and, and just and do nothing, right? I mean, the Bible actually says we're not supposed to just be hearers of the Word. We're supposed to be doers of the Word. Uh, it, it says in the Old Testament that, that uh, if, if a man wants to eat, that he's got to work. And, and so, listen, I, I'm not saying that you should just be inactive. What I'm saying is that you have to stop trying to be the provider. You have to stop trying to be God. God is provider. Everything we have, the Bible says, everything that we possess is actually a gift from His hand. And that's why Jesus shows up and He says, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. The pagans run after all those things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things, they'll be added unto you. And so the first thing you have to stop doing is you have to stop um, trying to do it all on your own and by yourself. Okay, second thing that you have to do. Here it is. We have to stop just escaping. Okay, we have to stop just escaping. Listen to me. Nature's great. It, it, it's great. There was, there was a time I had a physical condition not long ago. My doctor said to me, hey, uh, every day you've got to get out. You've got to, you've got to exercise for 20 minutes. So I would take these long walks and uh, I, I would go down uh, by one of the parks in Elgin. I'd, I'd kind of walk uh, around um, the, the little pond there and, and I'd just walk for 20 minutes and I would just take in nature. I loved it. I loved it. It really did help lower my stress level. But you know what? That didn't change the fact that I needed to be healed. I needed to be healed. De-stressing wasn't enough. I also had to pray. I, has to, I had to ask God for help. God, deliver me from this. God, if it's in your will, take this thorn from my flesh. I was kind of praying one of those prayers. And, and, and God, by His grace, has, has greatly helped that problem. And I, I don't have all those, those issues that I had at one time. And, and so I attribute that un, unto God. And, and so at some point, we have to stop just turning to nature and, and de-stressing. That's not enough. We need help. And so if you're one of those people and you, you've kind of been saying, man, I feel distant from God, but, but you know, as long as I'm out in nature, then, then I feel okay. If you've been kind of looking to the things that God has created as a way to self-medicate, like, like listen, it, it, God, God's done a lot of good things and He wants you to enjoy them, but that's not enough. You need Him, which brings me to my third point, okay? Look to God and ask for help. Look to God and ask for help. That's the challenge this week, right? That, that's what the psalmist declares. I, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And the answer, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's the only place I can get help. And listen, some of you are listening to this video. You started with us last week and, and this all resonates with you. You feel far away from God. You don't know how to get back. And, and, and maybe you're going to try those great Christian things, right? And you're going to say, well, if I start if I start reading my Bible, I'm going to do that. And listen, that's great. I want you to read your Bible. And, 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 and you know, and you say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop cussing. And say, okay, well, that, that's fine. You know, that's, that's probably good. And well, I'm, I'm going to stop drinking so much, you know, right? I mean, the Bible says I can drink, but I shouldn't be getting drunk. And so you're going to try that. And you're going to say, well, maybe I'll, I'll listen to some different music. And, and you'll do some of those things. And some of those things may help you feel a little bit better. But listen, ultimately what you need is you need help. You need help. Right? David cried, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? And he says, only he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Friend, I don't know about you, but I can't clean my hands. I can't purify my heart. But God can. God can. So I want to challenge you this week. Would you turn to him? If, you're, if, you're, if these words, this study has resonated with you at all, and you've, you've felt distant from God, you've felt that he's far away, and you kind of want to go back, but you don't even know where to start. Ready? Here's where you start. 
you start with Psalm 121. God, I need your help. I need your help, God. I'm turning to you, okay? Now will you keep watch over me in this journey as I make my way back? Which brings me to the last point. Here it is. Rest assured that he is good and his watchful eye is on you. Right? That's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? Is that we can rest assured that God is real, that Jesus really died in our place, that God loves us. Jesus is proof of all of that. And, and, and listen, the beauty of this psalm, what, what, it, what it says, right? Is God is, the psalmist is saying, God, you've made everything, including a covenant with your people. And you've promised to never leave them, to never forsake them, and to always be by their side. And, and listen, I'm telling you today, that if you will turn to God for help, if you'll cry out, and, and remember, uh, to protect means to save, to watch over, to save. If you will cry out to God, God, help me. God, save me. God, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do. I feel so distant from you. If you will cry out to God like that, honestly, from the depths of who you are, the Bible promises God will answer your prayer, and then you can rest assured that He's got it from here. He will bring you home, all right? Isn't that good news? Friends, uh, listen, I'm going to pray for us, but I don't want you to turn the TV off. We've got some really important announcements for you, and we've got some questions uh, that we're going to ask you to, to study as a family before you close out your time of worship. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you um, for uh, its truth. Thank you for this truth that you are willing to help us. God, um, I'm going to ask right now, that um, you would help every single person that listens to this message turn to you for help instead of other places in their life. God, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.